Welcome in. Welcome in to the Talking Shop Football Pod. I can't believe it. We're at week nine already, halfway through the season. Frequent listeners, and of you there are many, uh, will know that uh, each week I have on my fantasy t- football opponent uh, to talk about our matchup, to talk about storylines in the NFL that week, anything else we want to talk about, really. This week, my guest is Dominic Delfino. His team name is Juju on that beat. He's four and four. He joins us now from Chicago. Dom, how are you? Great. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Matthew. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at you. You got the whoop on. You and your both oh, yeah. prowess. Yeah. yeah, man. I'm still hoping they'll sponsor us someday. <laughs> got enough views. Let me show you my metrics. Your good uh, ad revenue. You know, I got to call up one of your friends over there at Snap or something and be like, how do we grow taxes? Like, how do we how do we get that K value over one? I mean, you just need to get Matthew Barry to retweet it, retweet it somehow. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got to remember this. Like, if any of my clients ever look up Dominic Delfino, this podcast will be the only thing that ever pops up for them on public series. <laughs> so I, gotta, I was like prepping myself not to do too much, uh, bad, say too many bad things. So you don't want to go too deep on QAnon then, huh? You know, no, I'll have a good stance on QAnon. I don't care. I'll tell, I'll tell, I'll tell you what I know. You know, I, I'll be like the president. Hey, I, they must be good. They're good people, is what I know. <laughs> I heard they're uh, they're anti-pedophilia, man. That's all I know about them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if that's what they're for, like, hey, why, why would I hate on that? <laughs> um. Well, first I wanted to start by uh, just. Congratulating you on your history in the league. Uh, came in third place last year, and uh, of course you won in 2017. Uh, but you've just always been, always been there at the top. You're a perennially great team. I think I won in 2015 also. I'm a two-time champion in this league. I'm almost positive. A two-time champion. <laughs> I would love to just give a quick rundown of our standings this year. Uh, you can chime in here, but this is really just just for the notes to the show. So. As it stands through nine weeks, I'm projecting a little bit what's happening in tonight's Monday Night Football game. But uh, from worst to best, John and Danny are two and seven. At four and five, we have Chrissy, Tommy, and Renner. At five and four, Andrew Lamb, Dave, Chris, and you, Dom. Um, And at six and three, tied for first, myself, Samson, Dylan. So, yeah, I mean, if you throw out the two teams sitting at two and seven, uh, what we've got with four weeks left is 10 teams vying for six playoff spots. Is that how you see it? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been I've been following closely on the standings and projecting out the schedules and seeing, you know, what, what are the key matchups coming up? Um, yeah, it, it both, you know, I, I do a lot of this analytics play. Um, yeah, the, the schedule really is a, uh, for I think most people, it's win or go home. Because if you, you're not playing any cupcakes anymore, at least on my end, I don't play anyone who's not a contender um, down the stretch, which is unfortunate. But you know what? You got to live with it. And there's also the uh, kind of, you know, extra motivation that comes with getting one of those first, those top two spots. You know, I like to keep the team hot. I don't, I don't like to be off my game. So I actually don't mind not having a bye week. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not that into it. You know, want to keep the guys rested, but, you know, also want to keep that momentum into the playoffs. Kind of like the Giants do whenever they make the playoffs. It's, hey, we're, we're going to play the wild card weekend and we're going to just get hot and run it all the way through to the end. So, you know, and, and the NFL this year, you know, they, they only have one bye. So you look at it as 
why, why do we have two buys now? Maybe we switch to one. I, I don't know. Like you, you tell me, I, we'll have to bring it up to the commissioner next year. Yeah. Well, I'm having him on the pod in two weeks. Maybe I can bring it up then too. <laughs> I, you, got a lot you, of, know, you got a lot of things going. You know, what's the worst thing is when it's like you get the buy and then that week that you have off, your guy goes off. He has like a Dalvin Cook type performance this weekend or last weekend, or he's forty, and you're like, "Well, he's not going to repeat that next week." So, yeah, you, I, I don't see that's a that's a hard one, because um, because people play uh, it's ever it's week by week in my opinion, because um, Dalvin Cook's gone off two weeks in a row. Like you didn't think he would top last week's performance, and this week he just goes off again. So sure, it just depends. Ride the hot hand. I, I kind of like you know I don't. I do get upset when my bench plays plays well, but I'm like, oh, this is for more things to come. Maybe next week. Um, it, it's those older players are like, like I have Jarek McKinnon, like, and the guy is a lot of knee surgery. So like, when he has one good week, you're like, oh, shit, they're gonna rest him the next week. So you, you know, you gotta play it depending on the player. Dalvin Cook, your guy's been dynamite all year. But like certain players, you just know they could just be hot any week, and it depends on the matchup also. So I, I don't, I don't mind it. Um, how dare you bring up McKinnon on this podcast? Yeah, got to bring it up. Uh, the guy, the guy's been, you know, no one would ever say he's flashy, but he gets touchdowns and he gets, you know, his 10 carries and he gets about 50 yards on those 10 carries. So you're looking at a good average of 10, 12 points every week. Um, as long as he scores that touchdown, he's very touchdown dependent. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, our, our, our goddamn matchup, I... I just stressed all week, should I start Justin Herbert? Should I start Russell Wilson? At the end of the day, it didn't matter. Should I start Fournette? Should I start Ronald Jones? End of the day, it didn't matter. The only real thing that mattered is with four seconds left in Thursday night football, fucking Jared or Jarek or whatever the hell he wants to call himself, McKinnon, had a touchdown with four seconds left, down 30 points. And that was the difference in our matchup. So I'll give you other two because I wanted to come prepare for this podcast. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, they were down, um, I believe at the time it was 34 to 13, about five minutes left. Um, I want to say it was Chase Daniel um, came in because Stafford got concussion. So Daniel's just like, oh, I got to show good. Maybe I'm playing next week. So they were really running all their plays and had Hawkinson out there. A little five yard out with about, I think it was like four minutes left. So there was a garbage TD for you. And then Nick Foles, they were out of the game. I was watching here in Chicago. Um, he throws a TD pass with about 30 seconds left to get them within seven. Um, so, yeah, you had like, I think you had three garbage TDs scored on you, which, hey, it's fantasy football. You take, you know, you play, well, you play 60 minutes. So, you know, you got to take into account all 60 minutes. And uh, yeah, those, those really got you did it this week. <laughs> they really got me. They really got me. Uh, uh, you brought up uh, Foles. Um, is he your starter now in Chicago or you guys might go back to Trubisky or I guess my real question is, is Chicago, was Chicago like the worst five and one team, the worst team to ever start five and one? Chicago fans would tell you that. Um, I think looking at, you know, it's funny coming to Chicago, everyone's like, oh, Bears fans, like they just have it so bad. And I never like, I didn't follow the Bears that well that much until I started moving here. And last year I didn't even follow them that much because, you know, Niners were doing well. So it was riding, riding that wave. Um, but watching them over the last two years, watching this year specifically, you realize the agony of being a Bears fan. It is tough. Like I follow a lot of the Barstool sports 
in Chicago and uh, talked to a lot of Bears fans. And yeah, man, I, I, I see why, you know, they're always on this cusp of like, we have something good about our team. And I think there's a lot of hope here in Chicago too, but then they always just let you down. Like whether it's the kicking game, whether it's, yeah, the quarterback. Actually, funny thing is, remember how like um, Cleveland used to have like that list of like, oh, here's all our quarterbacks that have failed um, since we made the playoffs. Like it used to be really sad yeah. to see that. Yeah, quite a long list. Chicago's got, Chicago's got another thing going. Like, they even put Cutler on that list. So I'm like, oh, Cutler had, like, five good years here, I thought. Like, even though he sucks, like, some of them, they literally have this list. I felt bad. I'm like, man, you haven't really had anyone you, like, were comfortable at quarterback. And you look at the names, like, since Cutler, like, there hasn't been a brand-name quarterback on there. Like, at least Cutler, he had his TV show. Like, people loved the cut. Like, he was a good teammate. But, yeah, man, it's it, it's a sad Sad to see that. I didn't realize how bad they were um, when it came to quarterback play until I saw that list. I think the thing with Chicago, though, is like kind of the thing with the Bay Area and New York is like there's always another team and another sport to fall back on because you're in a big area. And that's why it hurts so much more in like a place like Cleveland. And when they struggle, that's like all they have, right? They have one or two professional sports teams. And when they're both suffering, it's got to be so brutal. Yeah, I, you know, yeah, I'll throw one out there. Cincinnati, the Bengals. I'm like, who else do they have? What else do they have? <laughs> I think oh, they yeah. have a MLS team now, which is like come up from like the lower tier up to the MLS. But I mean, think about making the playoffs. What was it like eight years in a row? Marvin Lewis made the playoffs and not winning yeah, right. a single playoff game. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Like that. that that's that a city one- I feel for. <laughs> Yeah, that one uh, that one year in Baltimore where he put together one of the best defenses ever really bought him a lot of time to just suck for, for he got a decade of head coaching after that. Yeah, I mean they made playoffs. Like who are you gonna hate a division champion coach every year? It's not. Uh, <laughs> oh, I guess uh, the the Raptors did that when they fired uh, what was his name uh, Paul Casey. Not one of the they fired the guy and then Nick Nurse came in the next year and won the championship. So I mean yeah. people do do it. Um, but yeah, it's just that's it was Cincinnati. The only reason why I remember them so so fondly was uh, they probably had the best season of uh, of uh, Hard Knocks with Ocho Cinco, like just the one-liners from Ocho yeah. Cinco. It was like 2011 or whatever it was. It was just one of my favorite Hard Knocks, and like it kept me hooked for a lot of years. Um, haven't watched <laughs> it as much since, but still, you really bonded Cincinnati during that season of Hard Knocks. <laughs> yeah, you you learn a lot about the team. I think it was. Uh, well, and then, yeah, I watched because they actually did it quite a bit. I don't know if they get paid for it or what it was, but they've been on there quite a bit because I remember uh, Gio Bernard's rookie season. Mm. They were hyping him up because I think he was a first or second round pick. And they're like, he's the future. And like, he's just been a solid backup for, what is it, like yeah. six years now. That's the thing about Hard Knocks. It always gets you to buy into these guys that, uh, I mean, any NFL player, you bring him in for interviews, 350 pounds, you're like, oh, my God, this guy's going to move people around. There's going to be no stopping him. And then he turns out to be the third string offensive tackle. I just remember uh, Simo when he picked Gurley, the first pick of our draft one year. And it was the year he, he Gurley was on hard knocks. I think it was like Gurley's second year, first year. Number, like, yeah, what's his a, number? There's a little hype. What? What was his number? Or what, what's Gurley's number? Because I remember the, the quote of don't that season. touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't touch number 30. Number 30 <laughs> does not go down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Jeff Fisher. Yeah, man. I just remember, yeah, it was like Simo watched a lot of hard knocks that year before the draft. And he ended up going with 
with Gurley on uh, on his first pick, where it's like, you know, Gurley was a good mid-rounder, maybe a late first-round pick. He hadn't proven himself, and I think even that year he hadn't really done what he what he had done the, like, what was it, probably, what, two years ago and then the year before that, where he had, like, two good years of, like, being the number one pick of fantasy. Um, I think you have to be, like, a top four worst team in the league to, like, qualify for hard knocks, and then, and then the league can pick any of the four of them. Um but we've yet to see a team yeah. go from like hard knocks to like really good playoff team that same season. Yeah. Like it'll happen yeah. someday. I mean, they could have done the Niners last year if the Niners would have maybe let them because I, I mean, the too. Niners were had second pick and then the Niners went all the way. So yeah. I'm trying to think. Yeah. Giants too. But the thing is, I think that those, our franchise owners have a little bit more pull and they're like, you know what? Yeah. I know you technically allowed to pick anybody, but you're not coming in here with cameras. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the Patriots this year. They've been finished in the bottom four, maybe. Who knows? You know, Kraft's not letting that happen. Not letting it happen. <laughs> or no, Belichick no won't let it happen. Belichick would be like, oh, you want me to talk? I'll just sit here and, like, not say anything the whole time. Yeah, that's not great for TV. Silence. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's go briefly into your draft here. Um, I want to just recap yeah. it, ask for uh, a little perspective on strategy and stuff. What were you thinking along the way? So. Uh, you drafted eighth overall this year. First round, you picked up Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Eckler, round two. He's out for a while. Yeah, so I picked the top two. I was thinking the divisions, it's a fast division. Um, I knew Jacobs, like, Gruden loves Jacobs. When you watch this kid play, he's getting better and better and better, not just as a runner, but as a receiver and a pass protector and – He's also proven he can be the go-to guy in first down, second down, or third down. That guy will ride or die with Jacobs. The only factor this year was Booker coming in and having a really good backup. Kind of threw me off. Um, I didn't realize that. Because Booker's taken away some touches. Jacobs, they just like riding him. So I always, like, having an eighth pick was kind of hard. I don't know. I don't like going receiver. I never go receiver in the first two rounds. It's just not my thing. Booker had a 22-yarder yesterday that I thought might help me out because I thought that should have yeah, been Jacob's carry. Right. You know, Booker got instead. I thought that might be the difference maker, but they ride him sometimes. So I, I wasn't disappointed. I'm just like, as long as Jacob gets his 15 touches per game, like I'll be happy. He'll he'll bounce one of those. He usually bounces one for like 20 yards at some point. And then yeah, Eckler. That was the one where I was like, I think they're going to be not that great. Um, they're going to run the ball a lot. And Tyrod Taylor is supposed to be the quarterback. He loves his checkdowns. Like him back in Buffalo, like they went, they, like look at Buffalo now. Like very similar receiver set, like, but they have someone who's willing to launch it. Like Tyrod, he would throw it not yeah. as accurate. Maybe arm wasn't there, but he would do a lot of checkdowns. Um, so I was thinking Eckler's going to get a lot of those checkdowns and he's really athletic and did a good job with those last year. So thought that would be the play. Gets injured. Yeah, that was one of my losing weeks. He's been a dud. Um, so yeah, the first two picks, like, Thought process is always go running back, running back, get what I can get. So and if it works out, it works out. I think you got you scored okay with Jacobs and then you uh I think you it's got a play. decent Yeah, safe play. And then safe third play. round, uh Juju Smith Schuster, your namesake. There is a lot of competition in Pittsburgh and I noticed you didn't even start him this week. Yeah, I, I, I so I've noticed this. I actually had big big Ben on my roster too as my quarterback. Thank God Danny dropped once, so I was able to pick up once. Uh, but I actually dropped Big Ben this week. And what I've noticed over the last, I want to say four or five weeks of Pittsburgh's wins, it's been all 
like a one clay pull came up hot deontay johnson so they ride a receiver but the offense doesn't really do much outside of that one receiver that goes off like connor's not having the best year uh, but it's their defense their defense just scores two touchdowns puts them in a good spot usually and then they just ride these couple of receivers because big ben hasn't even had that great of a season either and that's why i dropped them even though against dallas somehow dallas made it close i thought dallas was just going to fumble it early game was going to be over and like they weren't going to throw the ball. They were just going to run it. So that's why Juju's on the bench. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think Juju will have some weeks. It's just, can you start him at the right time? But yeah, I mean, the the energy's there, though. He hasn't been disgruntled. He's always been positive. Like, after they're 8-0. So after the wins, he's always with the receiving core doing some TikTok dance. And you know, like, <laughs> hey, the vibes are still there. He's not upset. He's not disgruntled. He's a good guy, too. Like, you read a lot about him. So I think, you know, he's there. He's a professional. He's there to play when he's ready. And his, when his number's called, he'll make the play. So they just got to call more plays for him. And uh, Juju's a reliable veteran that I think, uh, yeah, Big Ben will he'll trust down the stretch, especially if they're, especially when they're going for that uh, that number one. You need the number one seed now because you get the buy. So I think that's what they're, they're going to So they're on, they're well on their way. Um, a couple notable callouts here before we end this segment. So Cam Akers, fifth round, he's terrible. Yeah, so I got him and Henderson because I'm like, they got to ride one of those guys. Because Malcolm Brown, you know, it's like when you're there long enough, like a Gio Bernard, you're not going to become the starter. You're going to become your role player. That's why they keep you there. That's what your salary pays you. So I got Cam Akers and then Henderson later on in the draft thinking, Mm. I'll pick which one's hot. Malcolm Brown ended up being the hot one. And then I was like, (laughs) oh, Cam Akers, they drafted him. They spent, you know, a good round pick on him. They'll probably pick him at some point. And then he had that one good game. I was like, all right, I can drop Henderson. And then Henderson ends up being the hot back that um, gets picked up. Cause I also forgot he, he was a second round pick or third round pick last year. So he they, like, they didn't spend like, you know, they didn't spend a six round pick on him. They want to use him. So yeah, I should have held on to the two headed running back there, but you never want to get in these shared situations. So, yeah. you know, now none of them are on my roster. They're all gone. <laughs> That's a really tough backfield to pick the right guy out of. And like, like you said, even Malcolm Brown wins that, wins that job like he's he's lukewarm at best you know he's just like he's not gonna do that dynamic the one i will point out that i mean i don't know how keenan allen dropped so damn low but he did yeah like i i just i was so confused by that like i know he had let's see what did i pick him up at 65th that's what the fifth round like usually he's a top 10 receiver yeah i mean i just thought it was interesting like i think you get to that point in a draft where like am i missing something here did i not read the stats on this and then you're like searching right before your draft pick you're like dude like what's the story and then yeah, yeah. I, I was like you know there's no story it's just it might be a down year over there but he he's come up really big for me and yeah I think he's he he warmed up he's warmed up in this season and now he's starting to nice have a nice uh nice rapport with uh with our boy Herbert yeah Herbert is an all-star man I honestly he's got to be in the running now for uh or he's got to be the favorite now for rookie of the year on the offensive side. I mean, I know Joe Burrow, Cincinnati started hot, um, but I mean, Herbert is just slinging it all over the field. I know their record isn't that great, but neither is Cincinnati. So. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm trying to think if there's a, there's a receiver out there that might get it. No. Or running back. How about Tua, really though? No Tua, you gotta, you gotta put him in the conversation now. Miami's good. Yeah, so. He looks so bad though. Like, did you watch that game? He just like, <laughs> yeah. He like, what what were the stats on that game? Because it wasn't like he had a fun, like he made winning plays. And I guess that's something 
that should be accounted for. But like Tim Tebow made winning plays in his first year at uh, <laughs> it's Tim Denver. Tebow of our day. Yeah, yeah. So you don't know, but like I would, I'll say the reason why they got rid of Fitzpatrick was they were saying like, oh, like we just got to know what we have for Tua like this year. Like maybe we draft a first round quarterback next year because they have Houston's first round pick this year. Uh, so if Houston shifts the bed the rest of the season, they might be able to draft another quarterback if Tua isn't the answer. The first week he had 93 yards, um, but I mean, it wasn't exactly a, if you looked at the score, it was like, oh, is he in a shootout with uh, Kyler Murray? But that's, that wasn't exactly what was going on. Miami's yeah. defense is really good, and he was getting really good field position, and he was just kind of doing what he had to do, though. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean he is a rookie, so you have to give him a little slack here. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Let's take uh, a quick break before we do trivia. Uh, this week of the Talking Shop Football Pod is brought to you by the Talking Shop Football Pod. Just a quick PSA here. We've got a number of great episodes coming up. Next week, Andrew Lamb comes live to us from New York. We have our commissioner on in a few weeks. We've got another special edition of the pod coming up with former member of the league, Scott Candoy. Also, go back and listen to last week's special. is very good. Take a moment now to hit subscribe, follow. Uh, I just want to make sure I can get you the latest episodes right at your fingertips the second it's available. Now, back to the pod. All right, Dom, let's play some trivia. We're going to call this the Jeopardy edition. Okay. Good RIP, AT. I'll give you the answer. You give me the question, please. Um, Okay, number one. This stadium can fit... 82,500 fans and has the most week-to-week seating capacity in the NFL. What is MetLife Stadium? Correct. Ooh. I think I remember that from the Super Bowl. That's why. Congrats. Okay. Next answer. A play in which the QB runs the ball and can choose to pitch it to the back. What is an option? Correct. Tom Landry perfected the shotgun formation with this team. What is the Houston Oilers? Mm, sorry, who are the Dallas Cowboys? Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that one was tough. I, I, Tom Landry, sorry, I'm not that big of a football buff. A century-old one of these goes to the winner of the Indiana-Purdue game. Hmm. What is a trophy? We are looking for the old oaken bucket. Uh, By signaling for one of these, a returner can reel in a kick without fear of getting tackled. Ooh, what is a fair catch? There you go. Back on track here. This Buffalo Bill ran for 2,003 yards in 1973. Yeah, I don't know about Bill's trivia. Who is... Who, ah, man. Who is Barry Sanders? I have no clue. Yeah. Ah, it's who is the convict, O.J. Simpson? Oh, O.J., there it is. Yeah, he did play for the Bill. I forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> he didn't play in 1973 either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> These penalties occur on the same play by the offense and defense that cancel each other out. What is offsetting penalties? Correct. There nice. You go. All right. All right. And our last one here. For a right-handed quarterback, 
oft referred to as the most important offensive lineman? What is the blindside tackle, or who is the blindside tackle? The left tackle for a right-handed quarterback. That's tackle. correct. All right, there you go. All right. That's pretty good. All right. All what right. Is that seven yeah. out of ten? What do we, what do we get there? Five out of eight. Not bad. Five out of eight. All right. All right. Has anyone gone perfect on that? Normally, I just ask one trivia question, but I thought, you know, for a for a guest like you, I really wanted to do something special. So <laughs> appreciate that. Yeah. What everyone has done is pick three games from next week's ma- uh, matches in the NFL. And I've kept track of the standings over the course of the season. Um, no one has gone three and zero in their picks yet. We had a lot of two and ones, one and two, a couple of weeks ago with Tommy, and then we just had our first zero and three, Dave, last week. Of course, I bet for the first time last week. Of course, we went zero and three. Um, but Dave convinced me I should be betting these. I should be parlaying these every week. So I will be betting your picks that you gave me here today. There we go. Okay. Our week hmm. 10 lines. Here we go. Bills, 7-2 and two at the Cardinals, 5-3. and three. Cardinals are one-and-a-half point favorites. Who you got? Bills. Game number two. Seahawks, 6-2, and two, traveling to St. Louis to play the Rams. Actually, if they go to St. Louis, there'll be no one there. Traveling to Los <laughs> Angeles to play, to play the Rams. The Rams are one-and-a-half point favorites at home, hosting Seattle. Seahawks, they won't go back to back. They can't lose back to back. They're they're too good this year. Um, also, I will tell you, my Bills pick was just because Kyler Murray's. I'm playing Kyler Murray this week, so I need that game to go bad um, in, the, in the Bills' favor. So that's part of the reason why I'm going Bills. All right, Bills and Seahawks so far. Here's our final game: Bengals two five and one at the Steelers eight and zero. Steelers are nine and a half point favorites. Ooh. Yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Steelers on this. I do like taking the like the underdog usually in those big spreads, but I just think the Steelers they've done it to too many teams this year. They'll, they'll do it again to them. All right, Steelers to cover. All right, good picks, Tom. Thank you. There it goes. I'll be on Bovada later today to parlay those three <laughs> games. Um yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, about this before you go. So you live in Chicago now. What was the mood like on Saturday when the news broke that uh, Trump was going to be a one-term president? Biden was coming into the office in January. Um, so Chicago, So I, I live in the suburbs now, so I don't actually live in the city. But I was watching a lot of the news, local news media, and a lot of people were, uh, I, I guess what happened um, was a lot of people went in front of Trump Tower or across the river, because Trump Tower is on the river. A lot of people were celebrating outside of Trump Tower. Um, I think for a lot of people, I mean, like the Black Lives Matter uh, movement is, you know, happened in a lot of cities. I think it was, uh, it, it was big for a lot of people here and they were pumped and, you know, in the streets, uh, very peaceful, you know, not, no destruction, uh, like the Black Lives Matter protests. I think there was a lot of joy and a lot of, uh, a lot of happiness in the air um, for a lot of the people here. So. Yeah, it was, it was good news. I think it was well-received that Biden is going to be the next uh, president of the United States. Yeah, you could for sure feel a collective sense of relief here in San Francisco as well. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, Chicago particularly had a very rough summer um, just between COVID and uh, the increase in the homicide rate and stuff. So 
Um, I think of a lot of the places in this country did, but I think Chicago in particular needed 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 a win in 2020. I think it was about time. All right, man. Let's uh, let's wrap it there. Uh, thanks so much for coming on today. I had, I had a really good time. Great, man. Great stuff. Thanks, man. So immediately following the podcast we just recorded, we had a blockbuster trade in the league. So <laughs> we're going to bring in really quickly Tommy here, Tommy Hendrickson. What's up, guys? So Dom, for 10 minutes on the pod, as you just heard, talked up Josh Jacobs and Keenan Allen. A couple hours later, they're, uh, they're headed to uh, – where do you live, Tommy? Uh, Pleasant Hill. They're headed to Pleasant Hill. <laughs> Blockbuster train the league. Tommy, welcome in. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I mean, let's make this quick, but Dom yeah. traded Josh Jacobs, and he's traded Keenan Allen, and he's bringing in and, – and you traded DeAndre Hopkins and Todd Gurley. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. Yeah, it's a uh... – you know, it's a big move. I uh, I was debating it for a little bit, but I need help in the running back space because Todd Gurley, I feel like, is getting saved by third, fourth quarter touchdowns with his fantasy points, and they have the other quarter, the other running back that's been doing really well and things like that. So I was like, I need to get rid of him. He's also on a bye week this week, as is Zeke, and mm. Zeke's not really trending in the right direction. So I have, I really needed help in the running back department. And I kind of felt the DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen was a fair switch off. I mean, I know DeAndre is one of the best in the league, but Keenan Allen's a stud. So it just felt like the right move to make. Whenever you see two running, you know, a running back traded for a running back and a receiver traded for a receiver, somebody's going to get the, the, the better part of this deal because it's not oh, like sure. you need a receiver and he needed a running back and he traded like one of you is going to be right. And one of you is going to be wrong. So how confident are you that you're the right, you're, you're going to come out the right side of this one? You know, honestly, it's a 60, 40, <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> basically a toss up, but I was like the way that, uh, yes, I've won two in a row. Uh, and I barely squeaked by with the win from SEMO this past week. But, uh, you know, I just needed to change something up because we're coming into playoffs and I, if I'm going to be tied for a whole bunch of people, uh, to try and get that last playoff spot, my, the points for my team isn't going to cut it. So I need to start getting some W's up on the board. And so I just needed to make a switch. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But, you know, like I'm a Seahawks fan. So as everybody always calls them, big balls, Pete, you kind of got to get some (laughs) big balls every so often. All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on. So last minute, Um, we got 10 teams vying for six playoff spots. So it's going to be crazy down the stretch. Good luck to you. I appreciate it. Appreciate you having me on. And uh, we'll just see how the rest of the season shakes out. All right, Tommy. Later, man. All right. See you, Matera. And that wraps up week nine of the pod. We'll see you next week. Please subscribe, tell your friends, follow us on Spotify. Everyone, take a deep breath, relax. We're going to get through this pandemic. Love you all. Be safe.